Wow, I hope your jobs is not as dirty as that one. Um, all of us have jobs, though. Uh, some, you have clean jobs. Some have dirty jobs. Some have exciting jobs. I was on post at Fort Campbell uh, this past Friday uh, with a good friend of mine, Billy, uh, who uh, does, like, all the helicopters there. That's a cool job. Wow. Um, some of us have cool jobs like that. Some of us don't. Um, some of us have jobs that make us work a long time. Uh, some of us have jobs that we work for an hour and say, eh, we're done. Um, all of us have jobs, though. And uh, as we're working through the game of life, we're looking at, today we're looking at work life. Uh, we're looking at through the, going through the book of Proverbs, seeing that the book of Proverbs in the Bible, which is kind of in the middle of your Bible, are so applicable, they're so relevant, and it's so in your face. But all of us have jobs, and God's going to talk about what it means to do what you do on your job. Um, I was doing some research this past week, and jobs have been around for a long time, believe it or not. And um, some of us uh, have better jobs than what other people did back in the Middle Ages. Um, there was this job one person had. It was called a leech collector. And what this person, the belief was that leeches would suck the bad out of people's bodies so this person would roll up his pants and he would go stomp around in the bog and in the reeds and he would allow the leeches to attach to his, his skin on his legs and he would collect these leeches and he would pull up his, take the leeches and pop them off and put them in a jar to give to people because the doctors, because they believed leeches suck the badness out of people. You know, I don't know about your job, but I bet you it's not as bad as that one. Can you imagine that? How many of y'all ever had a leech? I went canoeing last year. I experienced my first leech and uh, not attractive. Um, another one in the Middle Ages, uh, knight. Uh, you know, you think of knights, knights at the round table. You know, they may take our lives. Love knights. I thought, you know, it might be cool to be a knight. Well, in order to be a knight, you have to be an apprentice. You have to kind of grow up and they have to teach you how to do the whole sword thing. And one of the apprenticeships that you have to do from age 13 to 18 is called an arming squire. This is what would happen. The knight that you would work for, if he's fighting in battle, um, if his armor got damaged, you would have to run out on the field while he's still fighting with you with no armor. And you would have to repair his armor while he's fighting. And, uh, and then you run back if you're not dead. And, um, and you're thinking, wow, that's kind of right. Well, if your knight lives, um, you take all of his armor uh, after the fight, and uh, it's covered with blood, sweat, excrement, all that nasty stuff. And your job would be to shine that armor. Not too bad, right? Well, you shine the armor with vinegar, sand, and urine. Yeah, boy. So I don't know about your job, but it's not as bad as an arming squire. Let me tell you about your life. Your life, if you're the average American, is going to be spent one-third of your life is going to be spent at work. One-third of your life. Now, you put that in perspective that the, one of the other thirds of your life is spent sleeping, and you just might realize just how important your job and your work and what you do at work is to God. It is so important to God. What you really do matters, and it matters to God with your work life. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, Pastor, you don't know anything about work. You're a pastor. All right? Well... You're right, I'm a pastor, but I've done some other things besides pastoring. My very first job, I worked at Mr. Getty's on Madison Street. Um, 
never eaten there since then. Um, anyway, uh, I ate at Mr. Gaddy's uh, and worked at Mr. Gaddy's, and uh, I was a, a CDE. I read, read electric meters, and I was always hopping over fences trying to get away from dogs. Um, I found out you don't have to worry about the big dogs. It's those little small yappy dogs that just get you real in. Anyway, um, so I was a CDE. I was a meter reader. Um, I, uh, I sold caskets for a day when I was in Dallas. I was, I was a pool cleaner, otherwise known as a cabana boy. Well, we'll move on from that one. But I've had a lot of different jobs. I've done student ministry. I've led worship. Uh, I've pre- I mean, I, I worked at the Walmart Distribution Center in Hopkinsville when we moved back and started working on getting everything ready for one church. And uh, So I've done, my, I've done construction for a while before the house burned down. Um, I did construction. But anyway, I've done other things besides preaching. And I know this, that sometimes jobs are monotonous. They're no fun. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you're in jobs that you have a boss who's just not a nice person. You're with coworkers who are idiots. And uh, I've been there, done that, and uh, I bought the T-shirt, literally. Um, We're looking at the book of Proverbs. And we talked about last week, Proverbs is like a bumper sticker. Um, the, as we look at Proverbs, they're just short, pithy sayings. They just fire them out there. You know, we have Proverbs in our day and age um, that a lot of the Proverbs I found out are in country music. Um, there's the proverb. It says, and I've, I, this is actually in the country music song. It says, uh, um, uh, "You're off of my conscience, but le- you're on my conscience, but at least you're off my back." There's one. Um, there's another one. Uh, this is one that's not <laughs> what I think of. I just heard it on the radio. Get your, tongue out of my, get your tongue out of my mouth because I'm kissing you goodbye. There's a great country song. Um, gotta love that one. But the difference between this... Where did that come from? Oh, my God. The difference between this book is these are God sayings, and they actually matter, and this is truth, and country songs aren't. So anyway, um, but we're going to be looking at Proverbs. Now, remember, Proverbs are principles. They're not promises. Because so many times we'll look at this one proverb or this or that, and you say, okay, I did this and it didn't work. You've got to remember, it works 90% of the time. It's principles, not promises. We're going to be looking at this one proverb a little bit later in family life. It says, uh, train up your child in the, way, in the way he should go, and when he is older, he will not depart from it. Some people, I know you're out there, that you've trained your children up godly, but they've left the faith once they got to your house. It's a principle, not a promise. It works uh, in, in 90% of the time. So I just don't want you to think that, well, if I do this always, then it's always going to work out. It's a principle, not a promise. Everybody understand what I'm saying by that? Um, uh, the first one is this. We're going to be looking in, in work life. is commit your work to God. Commit your work to God. Let's all say that together. Commit your work to God. Now, God is a God who creates. He loves working. In fact, He works. You think about it. He worked for six days, right? And on the seventh day, what did He do? He rested, absolutely. So God is a God who works. Um, look at uh, Genesis chapter 2, 15. It says this, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden. To what? To work it. To work it and to take care of it. He didn't say that he put him in the Garden of Eden to watch Fox News and watch the, to watch the Patriots get beat by the Giants. Gonna eat some crow on that one, I can already tell you. Anyway, we're moving on. Um, God says, no, I didn't, just put, I didn't create a man just to sit in front of a television. I created him to work. Now, some of you think work is a curse. 
And you may think that because of your job. But know this, the Bible, God never ever curses work. Because God said, I want you to work the garden. And this is in Genesis 2. Um, they didn't mess up and sin until Genesis 3, the next chapter. What God cursed was that when the man works, he cursed the ground. He said, when you do it, it's going to be really hard. You're going to sweat. You're going to toil. Um, work is a very, bless you, is a very spiritual activity. I truly believe that when we get up to heaven, God's going to put us to work. Because think about it, eternity is a long time. Uh, we're just not going to be up there singing in a choir. That doesn't sound like heaven, all right? Uh, we're going to, yes, be singing, but he's also going to put us in charge of things. That's what the Bible says. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians 10.31 with me. It's on the screen. It says this. Whether you... Yes, Lord. Whether you what? Eat. Whether you... Or... Now, what is whatever you do? Everything. That's exactly right. All right. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, what are you supposed to do? That's right. Do it all to the glory of God. That means this. That if you're a chef and that's your job, then you are to be God's chef. And uh, if you're a teacher, uh, you're not just working for the principal, you're working for God. If you're a soldier, you're not just working for Uncle Sam, you're working for God, and you're God's soldier. And, and, and what it does, it puts in perspective what who's your boss. Because you may think, well, that person's my boss, and he's not a nice person. And that may be the case. But I'm giving you permission to fire your boss and put God as your boss. That's what it means to commit your work to the Lord. It means start changing who you're answering to. Now, yes, you still have to answer to your boss, but you can do it in such a way because God is your boss. You can have a good attitude about it, and you can do it with a smile. Look at Proverbs 16:11. This is awesome. God cares about honesty in the workplace. Your business is his business. What do you do for a living? I'm in sales. Really? Um... Well, I'm in sales for this, but I'm also in business with God. You bring God into the process with you. We've been talking a lot about it at one church for the past couple of months, that many times we tend to categorize God, and we put God over here, and then we do our work thing, and we do our family thing, and what Proverbs says is, no, all of it is spiritual. There is no of these segments. God wants to be in every area of your life. If it's your business, it's His business. If it's your business, it's his business. That helps sometimes because, to be honest with you, we, sometimes you can do mundane jobs. Again, I remember working for the Department of Electricity, and uh, um, that's a job that you go up and you have a little handheld computer and you type in a little thing and you're done. And I'd go to the next one and you type, and I'd do this, and I'd do many times a 1,000 meters a day. And um, you think, well, that kind of got old, didn't it? And it really didn't. One of the things I did is I was always listening. I was always, I got a Bible on cassette tape. Y'all remember what cassette tapes are, don't you? Uh, I had Bible cassette tape, and I'd listen to sermons, and I would, uh, I'd sing on the job. I remember this one lady, she complained because I was singing behind her house. And, you know, it's just, hmm, praise Jesus. Let me tell you where she lives. She, all right, all right, moving on. Now, Bible says if you want to be successful in your work life, here's what you need to do. You ready? You need to check out the ants. Check out the ants. What in the world are you talking about? The Bible says if you want to learn God's perspective on work, you look at the ants. We're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 6. How many of y'all been reading Proverbs every day? Give it up! Yes! That is awesome! All right, keep on reading that. 
All right, today is the 10th. You should be in Proverbs chapter 10. But you hit six this past week, didn't you? Come on, tell the truth, shame the devil. Absolutely. So we're going to get in there. Proverbs 6, 6 says this. Take a lesson from the ants. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. <laughs> Learn from their ways and become wise. The first thing that you've got to realize about ants is ants aren't lazy. Ants aren't lazy. A big theme going through the book of Proverbs is laziness and being a sloth and just kind of not doing anything. Um, there's so many Proverbs that talks about the one that's not in here. It just, it just popped into my head. A wise youth makes hay while the sun still shines. What does that mean? That's a proverb. It means that if you're wise, you're going to get up when it's early. Come on now. Some of y'all don't like getting up when it's early. All right? You get up when it's early and you start going to work. Another one, this is not in the Bible, but you heard this one, with the early bird. All right, see? All right? Almost the exact same principle. Ants aren't lazy. Look at Proverbs 6.10. It says this. This is cool. It says, A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, and a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will pounce upon you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. It didn't say, look at that, it says a little sleep. It didn't say you've got to sleep a lot. It says you've got to sleep what? A little. A little slumber, just a little, just kicking back, not doing anything. And what's going to happen to you? It, you're, you're gonna, poverty is going to come upon you. Now, I know there's other reasons that people experience poverty. It's not just laziness. But what Proverbs is saying, if you want to be prosperous, then you've got to work. You've got to get at it. All right? Have you ever thought about, how many of y'all ever seen an ant stand still, sit still? How many of y'all ever seen an ant do this? Hadn't, have you? What are ants always doing? They're, I mean, they're going. I mean, they're carrying stuff six times their body weight. I mean, I'm mean, i I'm sitting there at the kitchen table and Bing is like going towards the door and he's like magically levitating. Where is he going? The ants got him, all right? He's just bringing him out, all right? Ants are, are strong, and they're always working. Look what Proverbs 6, 7 has to say. Even though they have no prince... Oh, look at it. There it is right there. Look at that. Isn't that something? That's a big honking... Whatever that is. Is that a whopper? I don't know. All right. Even though they have no prince, governor, or ruler to make them work, they labor hard. You know what that's saying about ants? That nobody... It, the queen's not over there going, nye, 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 nye. you don't have a boss going, hey, uh, you got here a little late. They are self-motivated. And if you want to be successful in your work, Proverbs says you've got to be self-motivated. One of the things that, and I'll be honest with you, this is a big deal for me. Uh, people who aren't self-motivated, some, I'll just be honest with you, sometimes they bug me. If I always got to tell somebody, hey, why don't you get up and do this or do this, that, it's kind of frustrating me. I love people who are go-getters. Say, you know what, you didn't ask me, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's a great attitude. Have you ever had somebody at work that only worked while the boss was looking? You know, you know what I mean? Isn't that frustrating? Crazy. In fact, look what Proverbs says. Proverbs 25, 19 says this. Putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. Some of y'all, and, uh, and hear me, if it applies, then be offended. If it doesn't, all right? Some of you, if you're working only while the boss is looking, 
Everybody around you just doesn't like you. All right? They don't like you. And you know what? They shouldn't. Because you're a pain. You're like chewing with a broken tooth or trying to run a marathon with a broken foot. Listen to one employee appraisal report. It says this. Uh, This is what the supervisor says. This employee works well under constant supervision and when cornered like a rat in a trap. Listen to what Proverbs 25.13 has to say. Another bumper sticker says this. A faithful employee is as refreshing as a cool day in the hot summertime. Think about that. When you're at 110 degrees out and then the next day it's 80, it's like, oh, it's so refreshing. God's saying, I want you to be refreshing like that. But that means you have to be faithful. You have to have a a go-get-em attitude. Here's one. uh, They took... Um, the People magazine did this. They took 100 of the most uh, top, uh, I want to read this because I don't want to mess this up, uh, of the largest salary executives in America, and they asked this question. How do you hire personnel? This is what they said. This is how they hire personnel under this criteria. 5% they would hire on availability. 5% on the basis of adaptability. 10% hired on the basis of ability. And 10% hired on the basis of appearance. Praise God. 10%. But listen to this. 70%, 70% of all people hire on their attitude. Attitude is everything. Attitude will determine your altitude. Chuck Swindoll says it this way, and you've heard this quote. You probably even have it in your employee workroom. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that certain people act a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I'm convinced that, y'all heard this, right? That life is 10% what happens to you and 90% your attitude. Attitude. It's exactly right. And I'm telling you, some of you, you have great attitudes. You get to work. You get to work 15 minutes early. You stay 15 minutes late. You have a 30-minute lunch break, and you don't take 35 minutes. You take 25. I mean, it's amazing what attitude would do. You, you, it, it's, it's, it's all about working hard, like the ant. But you, it's not just about working hard. It's also working smart. That's also what ants do as well. They work smart. They work smart. Think about it this way. I'll tell you a story. Two lumberjacks decided to go against it against each other and have a competition. And they're going to choose, they're going to say, how many trees can we cut down in a day? So one lumberjack, the big buff dude, kind of looked like me, he had a big lumberjack, he had a big uh, axe, and the other dude's a little scrawny dude, um, he had an axe, and they started going to it. Well, the big lumberjack, I mean, he's cutting, he's chopping, he's chopping those trees. And the skinnier lumberjack, he would do that for about 50 minutes, and then he would take a break for 10 minutes. And then he would cut for 50 minutes and take a break for 10 minutes. And the big buff lumberjack says, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just keep on going. At the end of the day, do you know what lumberjack cut the most? The scrawny one. And the big, you know, lumberjack, well, how did you do that? I'm stronger than you. How did you do that? You took 10-minute breaks. He says, I wasn't breaking for 10 minutes. I was sharpening my axe. You see, you've got to learn how to work smart. You've got to learn how to work smart. Look what Proverbs chapter 6, verse 8 has to say about this. Ants labor hard all summer long, gathering food for the winter. It's a harvest thing. 
They work hard in one season, and they don't work hard in the other. They know when to gear it up and put it in overdrive, but you can't stay in overdrive all the time. You've got to gear it back down, and you've got to relax. God, even though he didn't need to relax when he created the heavens and the earth, he chose to relax that seventh day to give you and I an example. To say, yes, you need to work hard for six days, and on the seventh day, take a breath. Rest. Rest in me. And know that the thing you can't get, the thing that you, you would try so hard on that seventh day to do, you give it in my hands. You have faith in me, and I'll take care of your business. I will. So he says, work smart. I'll give you a couple of principles. I've got a little extra time here. Uh, here's one way to work smart. Eat the big frog first. You're going, there's a proverb. Say that with me. Eat the big frog first. Let me tell you what that means. If you go to work on Sunday morning and you have a list of things to do and you got the, this one thing that's going to be a huge one. I mean, this is your mama-jama. All right? This is the thing that's important, and it has hair, and it's breathing at you. What are the things that you're supposed to do? The eating the big frog first principle is this. You start, and you conquer that one. If you eat the big frog first, you conquer that one, and the rest will fall in the line. It's like this. Um, you want to make sure that you spend your time on the most important thing, at, in, in the most important thing, in the most productive time of your day. Because, you know, what is, what is your most productive time during your day? Sometimes it's morning. Some of you going, mine's 1 o'clock in the morning, you know, because you stay up. That's fine. But find out when you're most productive and do it that. But you want to take that principle of get your big one done first, and everything else is going to fall into place. Work smart. And then the last principle we want to look at from the book of Proverbs and from the ants is stay faithful over time. Stay faithful over time. This is not a sprint, work is. It's a marathon. Proverbs 28, verse 20 and 22 says this. The man who wants to get rich quick will quickly fail. I'm going to read it from your translation. The trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. What is that saying? is that if you want to be faithful, if you want to look back on your life and say, okay, this is what I've done with my job, then you, you don't go for the quick witch, quick witch, quick witch. Don't go for the, thank you. Hey, you want to come preach? All right. Don't go for the get, witch, get rich quick schemes. Oh, my Lord. My gosh. Anyway, stay faithful. I'll just tell Stay, y'all know what I'm saying. Stay faithful. Stay faithful to your job, but also stay faithful to God. Look at what Proverbs 3, 9 says. Honor the Lord by giving Him the first part of all of your income, and He will fill your barns to overflow. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Now, what are you saying? Well, again, let me ask you this question. What do these people have in common? William Colgate, founder of Colgate Palmolive, Henry Crawl, founder of Quaker Oat Brand, uh, William Proctor, founder of Proctor & Gamble, R.G. Letourneau, founder of the Letourneau Corporation, Wallace Johnson, founder of Holiday Inns, Robert Welch, he founded Welch's Grape Juice, John D. Rockefeller of Standard Oil, and J.C. Penney, and what did he found? <laughs> All right, 
What do all of these people have in common? This is it. All of them have published testimonies of, on how tithing and giving to God has made such a difference in their life. Now, I know what you're thinking right now. Oh, he's a preacher. Here he's going he's to go. All right? And I'm not saying... What I'm saying is this. God says in the book of Proverbs, and he says all throughout there, that to make God your business partner. Now, I said a word, tie. That's a very biblical word. Literally, that means 10%. Now, some of you, I know you're thinking, oh, 10%, I just I don't think I could do that. All I'm saying is this. Start with what you got and what you can do and build up. It's amazing. Uh, uh, Letourneau, who founded Letourneau University, he started with 10%, and you know what? God blessed him and blessed him so much that he was living on 10% of his income, and he gave 90% of it away. Wow. That is amazing. God is saying this. Make me your business partner. Be faithful in the small things, and he will make you faithful, and you will be faithful in the larger things. So I would encourage you to stay faithful over the long haul. Um, I want to challenge you with this as we close. Um, the book of Proverbs we talked about last week, we're doing a 31-day challenge. And the challenge is this. The challenge is I want you to read through the book of Proverbs in a month. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, which means there's 31 days in most months. And you would read Proverbs chapter 10 today because today is February the 10th. And I promise you it's just going to rock your world. I had one lady come up to me today and she said, Chris, you will not know. I, I'm struggling in one area of my life, and God has totally spoken to me this past week through his word. Remember, the whole point of us doing this, I talked about this last week, is so that you're going to read this and you're going to say, Dad, gum, that works. That, that's real. I can apply that. And if, and if that stuff will work in my work life, then maybe I can trust God in bigger areas of my life. That's our prayer. Um, I mentioned last week that we're giving away the message Proverbs. Uh, we've not gotten those in yet. I think somebody had asked me about them earlier. We should have those in next Sunday, and they'll be at Guest Central if you'd like to grab one of those as well. So it's an honor being with you all. Let's pray, and let's pray this specifically. Let's pray that our jobs, because all of us have a job, whether it's at home or on your workplace, let us, let's fire our boss this week. Let's make God our boss. Let's take our cues from him. Let's pray. Lord, we love you, and we thank you so much, Lord, for what you're doing. Um, in this small book of the Bible called Proverbs, Lord, I, I pray that as we look at this and as we search this and as we apply these principles, Lord, that we would just be able to, uh, to just be so real and that we would be able to see you working in so many areas. Lord, I thank you so much for, for this dude named Solomon who wrote them the wisest man who ever lived, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom. Uh, your word says if any of us needs wisdom, all we have to do is ask. And, Lord, I ask because I need wisdom. We all do. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.